this thing. No title again. Okay, welcome. Dixon Jane's podcast number nine hundred and fucking fifty. Nine hundred and fucking fifty. There will be some swearing on this podcast, so uh, if you have ears like Clara, don't uh, don't listen. I wasn't even going to start a podcast today. It's um, it's a Monday. It's June fifth, but it's starting out to be a very weird day, and um, I just have to go ahead and just unload a little with you. So uh, bear with me. I'm sitting here in uh, Thompson Park. It's the place I'd planned to come to eventually, just to sit and chill and uh, read my books and sort of enjoying the history of the Toronto Star, personal history. Of course, it's based on family records, a family telling of the story, former owners. And uh, I got my McDonald's iced coffee, which I was glad to see were on sale for a dollar all summer. Wow, it's pretty good. That's a large size. However, I also have a receipt from McDonald's for an order from a week ago, two weeks ago maybe, that I never made um, for a, a, a coffee and a chocolate muffin. And this is why I'm going on. You know how I seem to have more problems than your average citizen with the apps, uh, Tim Hortons in particular, but I've been raving about McDonald's, how easy it is to use. Well, what's not so easy is removing an order from an app. Once you sort of place it, and then it wants to know where, and you change your mind, and, no, I'm not going to go, I'm just going to drive through or get something else. So I've had an order for this uh, chocolate banana muffin and a small coffee for a couple of weeks anyway, sitting in within the app. It's there, it's there. Where are you going to pick it up kind of thing? You know, Do you want to change the location? Do you want to deliver? Are you going to pick it up in the morning? So where are you going to get it? And I just wanted to get rid of it, and I couldn't seem to get rid of it. Do you want to change it? Do you want to add something to it? No, I don't want to add to it. I want to change the pickup location. Well, no, I just want to get this out of there. I, I don't want this anymore. I don't want that order. I want to just clear it. And I could not find a clear button. So, you know, that, that was my job today. Get, get rid of that damn thing. Anyway, meanwhile, I figured, okay, I had a banking errand. I'll tell you about that, too. I, you know, we don't have to go in chronological order, do we, of how things happened today, how they unfolded? So, well, I guess we do. I, I guess we do. All right, okay. I got a job. I got two things on my list today. Put up a CO2 director in my car, uh, in the van, in cell. Should be an easy enough job, but for me, nothing is easy. It's still sitting in the plastic. Do I mount it? Do I need screws? Where am I going to put it? What am I going to do now that this one's battery operated with the two wires coming out of the ceiling that are hot? You know, they're ready to hook up, but I couldn't get the proper replacement CO2 director that connected that was wired. After eight weeks, they wrote back and said, sorry, that's not available. We have this instead. So, I'll have to deal with that. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, what do you do with these two hot wires? Like, you know, I, I need somebody to do something about them. I just don't want them dangling. Do I wrap them in tape, uh, you know, duct tape, so that they don't touch anything? What do I do? Well, anyway, put that aside. So, that's one of the things I'm going to The other thing is go to the Royal Bank, because my damn card, my new Visa card, new because they sent me a replacement, but it never arrived. And next thing you know, I try to use my Visa card. No, no, it expired in, in March. Well, no, they're supposed to automatically send me new ones. Contact Visa. No, well, we sent them. All right, so send them again. They did, and now the card won't work unless I, you know, do these magical things, get on the phone finally. Okay, well, what you got to do is um, go to a banking machine, and I'm going to give you a temporary passcode, and it's going to be the same passcode that's on your debit card, which I'm not going to tell you right now, and use that one temporarily, but you have to enter it three times. And anyway, she tells me this thing, uh, and then don't tap it. Make sure you don't tap it. Don't tap it. Put it. Put the chip in. Put the chip in, and then do that other thing that belongs to your other card, and then change it. Well, that sounds complicated, and I don't want to do that when I'm buying postage stamps or something, so she's going, you go, and then go into a bank. Go into a bank. I go to my bank, okay? We're still on the McDonald's story. Don't worry. We're getting there. But this is important. Well, it's not, nothing is important on the Dixon Jane's podcast, except everything is to me. <clears throat> All right, so... I go to my local branch. They, they On the phone, they tell me, go to the branch and clear it up there. You need, you need to go into your branch with your new card and fix things there. So I go to my local branch, which is now, because they're building a new subway in Scarborough, so my branch at Lawrence and McCowan, well, there, there is no branch there. there there's going to be a hole in the ground. There's going to be a subway station. Holy shit, that famous 
yet-to-be-built Scarborough subway extension takes out my old bank. Fine, go to the other one, Lawrence and, uh, and um, Markham Road, nearest one. Go there and get in, get my stroller out, go in there, and it's a Monday morning. I think I'm going to be there early, you know, early enough, 10.30. There are 20-plus people in line, plus a number of people sitting who I guess can't stand in line anymore. More than 20. Now, I have this bad habit of what should be quietly muttering under my breath or just, you know, just saying to myself, lately, and when I say lately, I mean the past two years, I've been saying it out loud. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. God damn it. Just little things like that. But loud enough that anybody within a six-foot radius is going to hear. God damn I look at the line. God damn Jesus Christ. I'm going to wait in the fucking line. And... Then I realized, ooh, you know, that, that, that's, that might be offensive to some people. You know, they're already stressed standing in line on a Monday morning. Back off, dude. Well, I'm not going to wait in that line because I know I'm going to be a lot more vocal. The slower that line is, the louder I'm going to be. So, all right, here, well, let's just Google where's the next closest uh, one. And I know there's one right up. But the trouble with that one, straight up uh, Bellamy Road North, is uh, you got to, on progress, you, you got to, you got to, this pay parking. And so you have to get your ticket and then you got to go in and fiddle with the machine and cancel it. And I have had trouble at the machine, anything involving a little bit of technology, like inserting this and pushing the right buttons to cancel the ticket so you can get out, you know, giving you the pass you need to put in to get out. I've had trouble. I've needed help on that thing, even though the instructions are quite clear if you read them, right? If you read the instructions and follow them, there should be no problem. However, sometimes I have a problem. I'm a little too eager, maybe, and push the wrong buttons or the wrong order. Anyway, I'm not going to go to that one because I do not want to face that problem. So there's another one, almost the same distance, right on Kingston Road in Lawrence. All right, go to that one. I go to that one. I walk in. There are four tellers, only one customer. The other place is the deep lineup. Here, there's no, there's, they're just open. I, got, I get to pick, my, pick whatever teller I want. I see one woman, I catch her eye. Okay, she's going to be it. Are you ready? She's not very friendly. Okay. You know, not friendly. And I say, well, I, they told her I have to come in to get my visa. Oh, we can't do anything about visa. So right away she's telling me the opposite of what they told me over the telephone. That person from India or wherever the call center was said, no, no, you have to go into your branch. This one says, no, no, you, we can't do anything about that. I said, well, look, they've told me this is what I have to do. And I, I'm getting a little, I'm, I'm being polite. I'm not going to take it out on her, but I'm insistent. No, they told me. I don't know why. They told me, she says, no, you just have to go in and change your password. You, use, a, use a machine. She realizes I'm going to start digging in. So she says, let's go together to the banking machine. Here, I'll go with you. And she leads me over to the banking machine. She reads aloud the instructions that are on the screen. I've got a, she says, now put, put the card in. I say, in which number? She says, well, I, I put in your visa card, not, the, not your client card. I put in the visa card. Okay, that's the one where they want me to use the client card number. I enter that eight-digit number. Good. What do you like to do? Enter it again? Yeah, okay. Now, change. Do you want to change your password? Yes, change. What do you want to change? Of course, I'm going to change it to the one I already had. Change it. Done. Done. Finished. Good. The day's turning around. I made a decision. I went to bank. It was crowded. I was pissed off. No. Go to another branch. Bam. In and out. Problem solved. Off the list. Good. Drive back now. I still want to go and read my book a little. Let's go to, let's get ourselves a McDonald's coffee. You know, they're the cheap coffees. And I realized, whoa, you can get any size iced coffee for a dollar. Great. I go in. I could use the app. I could probably use points. But damn it, this thing, this order from two weeks ago is still there. When I open the McDonald's app, it's not going away. It's not going away. So I go in to the branch at Morningside, which is right where my bank was. Kingston Road, Morningside, Lawrence, all intersect, okay? So I'm at the branch. Great, go in there, get the coffee. And I look at the app. I've gone, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to use the app because if I do and if I do, if I tap it, maybe it's going to charge me for that other thing or something's wrong. I'll just get my credit card out and I'll just tap my credit card. I don't want to use my bank card. I, I'm just going to use my little my credit card here. Drive up, dollar, tap the card, great, pick it up, drive back, I've got my iced coffee, everything is good now, I've solved all the problems, everything is working just fine, I drive, I arrive at my spot right here where I am now, where I started this podcast at um, Thompson Park, and I sit down, ready to start, and I look, and oh, email, check my email, well, what do I get? I get a miss receipt from McDonald's, oh, okay, here's your McDonald's receipt, what did I have, the morning side, okay, what's the date, oh, today's date, what? What did I have? Well, you had your banana muffin, banana chocolate muffin, and a coffee. I've been charged $2.92. Okay. You see my problem? I didn't have that. I had a nice coffee. It took advantage of me being at that one. It automatically, the computer, the, the bot, automatically took that credit card and applied it to an order I didn't want and didn't get. Now, I've got my nice coffee. 
I've got to go back to that Morningside one and put up a fight. Like, how annoying is that? I, I can't let this go. There's been $2.92 charged to a card for an order I didn't want. Who is going to listen to me at that McDonald's? I'm going to have to go straight in. I'm going to have to walk in with my walker. I'm going to have to get the manager. I'm going to have to show him this thing. It's got the date, the time, and somehow proof I didn't get that. Go through your orders. Here's the order number, 794. Here's the restaurant. It's you. I never had this. But you ordered it. So, I mean, the one thing I can do is take the coffee and take the muffin. And just accept it. Sarah, give me the fucking order. I mean, that, I, I mean I, I'd be okay with that. Just give me the fucking order. I won't say that. I'll just say, just give me the order. I didn't want it. Because how much of a fight is it going to be to cancel that? To, for him to sort of go through and rekey and stuff and reverse this thing. I don't know. I'm just telling you, this is why I've started a podcast. For Christ's sake, come on! It's fucking Monday morning! Why is this shit going on? Oh, 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 sorry, windows open. Elderly couple beside me. They don't want to hear that. They look very, very clean cup. They look as polite and as, you know, church-going as a couple as you'd want to find anywhere. <coughs> All right, so I don't, I don't know how much further I have to go. I did have to share that with you. You can fully understand why. This is just another Scarborough dude fuck-up. Um, meanwhile... I guess we'll just let it ride. Like, whether I race back there, which is my first thought. You know, gotta undo this. Gotta get back there right away. No, fuck you. Deal with that anytime. I mean, somehow, you know, are they even going to know was that order ever put out there? Is it going to be sitting somewhere? Call, is somebody going to be calling out order number, you know? <sighs> Jesus Christ. All right, Scarborough dude. I'm going to get back to my reading. I mean, I'm not... I mean, it's... it's this, 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 to some degree, it's funny. That this should happen. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very good. I, if I could do a best of order fuck-ups clips, if somebody had the patience, if I had a secretary to go through, I'd go to all the podcasts, find all the bits where I got fucked up in order, and uh, let's put them together. This is probably going to make the top ten, because this, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I just, I just, there really was, oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, I did remove the order. When I went into the site where the order was placed, I did remove it. Maybe I better go back to the app right now. Let's go back to the app and see what it has to say. Let's go back to the McDonald's app. Um, order, code, more. Got a lot of points here. Uh, recents. 2071 pickup. 2071 Lawrence Scarborough. Not serving lunch. McDelivery. No. Start an order. No, 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 no. I don't want to start an order. No, 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 no. Don't want to start an order. I want to go with recents. Recents. It just says start an order. No, no, no. no. Fuck off. And their profile, payment methods. Payment methods. Yeah, it's got that MasterCard. Fuck. That's the trouble. with You know, I should just take out this thing. It wouldn't have been able to charge me. All right, we're going to do that. We're going to get rid of it. Fuck you. We're, we're taking that out. Delete. Fuck you. We're deleting it. Delete card. Add payment? No. Fuck you. Payment methods. Let's see. Nothing. Good. Add payment. Fuck you. No, there is no longer any of that, okay? Communications. Push notifications. Yeah, right. Uh, account management. Yeah. I'm enrolled since 2022, May, year, two years ago, three years ago. Delete account, I could do that too, but I won't bother. All right, so there we go. I, I think we're done on this uh, this dead horse. Scarborough dude, listen, by the way, the episode I just put out, um, 649 from uh, Darlington, it really wasn't that bad an episode, uh, but it depends who you are. You know, somebody who actually listens, you know, listen, I said break it up. It's It's, you know, an hour and 45 minutes or something like that. Um, McDonald's would like to use a current location. No, fuck you, don't allow. No, goodbye, McDonald's. Goodbye, get out of the fucking app. Um, it just... <sighs> I had a lot to say in there. I went deep. It was personal. And if you're, you know, I mean, I understand that people just don't have an interest in Scarborough. And boy, I fully understand that, and, and so I don't care how much you listen. But if you do, if you're actually a personal listener who really tries to figure who is this guy or who cares, you know, the thing is I can't imagine... Who the hell out there would care besides me? And I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not fishing here. It's just that, hey, everybody's got a life, man. Everybody's got their own struggles. Everybody's trying to sort out who they are and uh, what they're about and where they're going and where they've been and sort their life out and come to terms and find some happiness. You know, everybody's trying to do all that same shit. But I, I'm, the thing is, I'm, I, I do dig fairly deep. I think I do. I try to. I try to. Whether or not I actually get there. And as I said on that podcast, I actually am making a great deal of progress. It's taken a long time, but I am making progress. So uh, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Um, maybe that should be a good title for this episode, Making Progress. I'll put that in the notes just in case. Uh, just in case. Although in terms of using the apps, uh, I'm not making any progress at all. Maybe Making Progress? Question mark? Yeah. All right. Scabber Dude, signing off from Thompson Park. 
I'm going to go read and uh, somehow salvage this day. It's been an interesting morning, I'll say that. Bye for now. Oh, we're sitting down. Come on, come on. Get the ding. I almost put it away. Ding dong. Scabber dude. Well, I don't think I have to announce myself anymore, but uh, it's just a habit. Uh, it is um, about 3.30 on uh, Friday, June the 9th. I'm sitting on the Danforth. I'm outside a place called Dank Street, D-A-N-K, Dank Street Cannabis. You're not allowed to show your wares, so all the windows for the um, shops that sell pot are covered. And there's there's a bit of a pushback now saying, hey, everybody else gets to advertise. And when our windows are blocked, nobody can see inside. You know, it's easy for people to come in at gunpoint and rob the place and walk out. Nobody <laughs> would be any the wiser. Um, but anyway... That's, uh, we'll see if that comes. Anyway, it's all so wrong. Anyway, this should have been these should have been run by the um, a subdivision of the Liquor Control Board of Ontario, and it should have been government owned. Every franchise sad, but anyway, that's ancient history. It's too late, but that's the because the people voted in fucking Ford, the Premier of Ontario. Fuck you, Ford. Fuck you and all your big buddies and businessmen. God damn it. Anyway, I'm not angry. Uh, the other place I'm looking right now, it's called Black Pot Lounge and Restaurant. No idea what that's going to be like. Uh, it says opening soon. Now, they've paid a lot of money to make that sign, opening soon. Of course, the windows are closed. Mr. Ooh, I thought it was Mr. Pride. Mr. Pide. Don't know what the hell that is. Artwork. Uh, and then right in the corner, Papa John's. Uh, Brian used to live above that restaurant. Um, long ago. So anyway, yeah, this is a Danforth. And the reason I'm talking to you here is I brought my recorder along. I'm sitting in the sunshine on a bench with my walker. And this is my first venture out on the TTC to uh, come with my walker. Every other outing has been with my cane. And then since this thing happened in February and my balance got worse, etc., etc., you know the story. Um, I was really stressed and a little anxious about actually getting onto a bus and onto a subway with my um, four-wheeled roller, my Nexus here. So um, I contacted John. I said, well, you know, are you uh, up for a beer anytime soon? And uh, we agreed on today at one thirty. meet you at the only. So I got, I got my son to drop me off on uh, Eglinton and uh, on Bellamy Road North. That's just across from the uh, Eglinton Go Station. Um, got on the bus, no problem. Got to Kennedy Station and found the two elevators I need to use to get to uh, subway level. Um, got to, got off at... Um, um, Pape, and it is a longer, because Pape has an elevator and Donalyn's doesn't, and it is a fairly long walk, several blocks from, hang on, from Pape all the way to Donalyn's where the only is, but uh, I manage, and along the way uh, there's some interesting stores, there's the Eaton House, uh, which I was tempted to go into, but I thought, no, save that. And then the Circus Books. And I went in and had a wonderful talk with the owner about would he be interested in buying my Henry Miller and Timothy Leary collection. And yes, he was. So I won't do anything about that now, but we had a good chat. I found in his shop, he said, oh, I just got in some Miller. An older couple sold them to me. And I went to look at the Millers, and one was a hardcover Tropic of Capricorn with the, the sleeve, you know, the proper paper sleeve over the book, first printing, first edition, and he was selling it for 20 bucks. And to me, my God, down the road, that's going to be worth it. I mean, it was in good condition. It wasn't in mint condition, but it was certainly in good condition. And uh, holy shit. So anyway, I talked to him, and uh, so it broke up the journey, broke up the walk, and I'm doing the same on the way back. Uh, now, Dank... Uh, Street Collective has just put out their sign. They got 
One ounce deals, fifty bucks. Three gram deals, ten bucks. One pre roll, four bucks. Oh, these are all good prices. Three pre rolls for ten bucks, cash only. Now that's a good deal. That's uh, three something, three thirty three a, a joint. That's not bad. The pre rolls are usually you know good quality weed. So uh, that's the sign that just came out. So you're you're hearing it live here, uh, coming to you from the Danforth. But I just thought it, this was a day. It was an oldworthy day because I, I told my wife, and she was proud of me. Good for you. Good for you. To actually, in in my mind, I was really. This seemed a much ba- bigger deal than than I knew it really was in real life. But in my mind, like when I woke up, I was rehearsing again and again that first getting onto the bus and okay you gotta have your presto card in your hand have that ready and then you get on you gotta get this in as fast as possible and then pull a stroller into you and so on and i i just mentally made it a big deal and the reason i'm sharing it with you now is (laughs) to you know confirm what you would have guessed, and I know now quite clearly, it's no big deal. I can ride the TTC. It just takes a little longer. Like, normally I would be on the subway already now, heading to uh, to um, the place where I pick up the number 9 Bellamy, but I can't do that. I'm going to have to uh, take a different route. I can only go where there are elevators. So that's it. Scarborough Dude. That's all. Just wanted to give you that little update, because it's a piece of, uh, you know, it's a piece of history piece of history the freeze clinic oh there's another door i didn't look 808 the freeze clinic f-r-e-e-z-e and um there's a doormat outside that says come as you are now i don't know what that is the freeze clinic hmm do you it's right next door to the dank street collective gosh okay well no and there's a sign up there it's upstairs uh, the windows are all uh, covered, so you can't see in. The freeze clinic. Oh, I'm puzzled. All right, Scarborough Dude, going to sign off and uh, get my way home now. So this is the second part of the journey we're coming up to, you know. Part two, get home. Bye for now. Oh, I'm smelling the weed. God damn. Woo, good stuff. Bye for now. Well, there, because it's also a there, there tends to be a consistency between uh, a heavy working class city and an art scene, right? Really? Um, that surprises the shit out of me because I live in a heavily working class city and the art scene is my wife. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> well, not just her, but it's not a huge art scene. That's why. So that's that's interesting. I, I the, the, you say that is great. I think it's wonderful, and if it, it's true, like I mean, better. we have an entire museum in Hamilton, which is a, it is a Canada wide museum, but it's the yep. Workers Arts and Heritage Center. This uh, is um, it's devoted to the intersection. Of course, the Marshall yeah, McLuhan Podcast Roundtable, yeah, which they are right now promoting. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I, we're I, getting I, together. We'll be hanging out. Say it's just too cold. I don't know. Yeah, maybe or just too small, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. But we'll, we'll yeah we'll be getting together, hanging out, going to places, doing things. And uh, there'll be live podcast recordings, uh, I assume. Um, doing that thing we do. Doing all the things that we do. We have taken all the, all the good parts from conferences and removed all the shitty parts. The shitty parts are the sessions. Yes. And the organized, you know, the, the really sort of organized, I don't know what I'm looking for, is, but let's go with organized. It's organized. It's just organized in a different way. Um, it's not an unconference. It's just not really a conference at all. It's a bunch of people hanging out who are like-minded about a few things, and we hang out and have a lot of fun, it's, drink a lot it's of beer. A, it's, a good time. it's a non-conference, Dave. That's probably the best way to put it. It's, yeah, it is. It literally a is a non it, it isn't a conference. Sorry, an, sorry, I can't say that because uh, that might be tracked somewhere. It is a conference for the purposes of Dave's expense sheet. <laughs> for the purposes of, yeah, actually, last year I literally put on the form going to podcast meetup, and it was fine. So, uh, you know, um, since I, I mean, the reason I got promoted was basically because of podcasting. So um, I, I think they know now know that this is actually a sensible thing he does. Uh, but yeah, new rules though. I can't put any alcohol in any of my receipts, so they wouldn't reimburse me. So I thought it's great sitting in a restaurant going, can I have a separate receipt for my two beers? See, that's like, just like, here's the thing. Yeah, my union will say we won't reimburse you for alcohol, but you can have that, alcohol in the receipt. Yes, I have no problem with that. I don't expect them to buy my liquor, but I'm an adult, and if I have a beer with my with my burger, oh, you know, it doesn't count. That's yeah, it's a stupid rule. But so yes, that means, uh, that means that you couldn't if you went back to the hotel and had cough syrup. <laughs>
I guess that's an approach. Or just yeah. go huff some Lysol. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, it's legal. Oh, yeah, it's okay. illegal. It's I, I think they've sure, uh, I think like they've made the point, and I'll the I'll just so put I, this on pause. I, I always have like I've been in um, before, and people. Sure. Say, that is the Marshall McLuhan podcast roundtable, and it's coming up this summer. They just gave the dates. It's like so you get an hour off. It's like you know sometime in July. Responsible to during that hour. I'm going to turn that down. This is the the radio. No, I'm not going to turn it down. I'm going to pause it. Got two phones going here. Hang on. Oh, well, what did he say now? Was that, was that important? Oh, having getting, six is a problem. Getting drunk should be pro- should be a problem. But, but a having beer? a beer yeah. shouldn't be a problem. Because yeah. teachers drink coffee all day in classrooms. Yeah. That's a drug. I, yeah. yeah I, I, believe me, we're on the same page about this. I, I've never understood that. It's puritanical bullshit. Okay. Uh, all right. Anyway, we will Last word to Dave. Have a great time in Hamilton. Uh, there will be no puritanical bullshit. And if there is, we'll call people out on it. Damn it. Now, I am saying if people want to come in the a night earlier, here's right. the thing that I've noticed is like when people come in on the on the Friday, um, it really make, can make for a short weekend depending on flight times, right? It's true. So, I mean, sometimes people fly in like Friday late afternoon. They get into Hamilton on, you know, Friday evening. And then they have to leave early Sunday morning. It really gives them one day, and that's it. It's right. That's right. Yeah. No, and, and a lot of people do come for one day. But if you are coming for one day, the day you come for is Saturday because that's yeah. when it's the whole day, right? But yeah, um, I'll see about how we're going to do it. Uh, but that would be great if we could if we could do that. That'd be yeah, awesome. like if, if people are interested in coming down for like kind of the pre-non-conference on the uh, on the Thursday. Yeah, um, well, that's give everybody some extra time. And I'll, extra I'll time be there for the Thursday. Like it's that. always yeah. fun. Just sit around and chat. Warming up, yeah. Um, you know, that's definitely possible. So uh, for those of you who listen, and there's all, what, eight of you maybe who listen? Uh, well, now there's more because they're listening so, to Paul my Kane, podcast. you're more than welcome. Paul Kane. If Paul Kane came up, I would be all right. ecstatic. Unless it turns out he's so kind of, I don't know, just shows up and starts yelling right. anti-Semitic okay. screams. Now, I am going to pause like that. that because i got to get on to my own <laughs> show here. I don't think that's probably true. Thank you, Dave and Anthony. So, uh, yeah, if you're around this summer, I mean, I could look up the dates. for They just gave them, but uh, let me get it out. Jesus Christ, you want to know. All right, so when is, what are we looking at here? Um, July, I think they said towards the end of July. It would be, and that's Kempville. Oh, my God. July, come on now. I know it's tying into something. Oh, here we are. Saturday, all right, so we'd say from uh, Thursday, July 27th, right up until uh, the Sunday, uh, July 30th. So there you go. That's the Marshall McLuhan Podcaster Roundtable in Hamilton, Ontario. It is a great city to visit. Uh, It's really, it's fun. It's a nice change. In the past, I've commented on it being a lot more laid back with the staff, the restaurants, the bar scene. But uh, and we make of it what we will, you know. And then Anthony always finds a place for us to gather together and take over a piece of real estate in a bar and do live podcasts. Um, I was on that topic. I was so hoping that I could convince Brent, the closet geek, to arrange a date for he and I to do it online, a... Gappage. No, is it Gappage? Yeah, Gappage. Yeah, Gappage, right? Keep thinking garbage, but Gappage. Um, which we haven't, and, and I'm, you know, I'm sort of putting the pressure on Brent. Brent has sort of withdrawn a little bit. They've moved out to the outskirts of uh, St. Catherine somewhere. Haven't seen or heard much from him at all. Um, and that, of course, that's his choice. But I, I'm not the one pursuing this. And I know Brent won't be listening and won't get this message because he only listens if it is about him. And he'll say that. You know, that's not an insult. He'll say, yeah, of course. Uh, so he's missed. He doesn't even take part anymore on the um, podcast, The Show Hole. And The Show Hole last night, because today has been a day of listening to podcasts, uh, The Show Hole was all about Trump's indictment. And I won't go into it here, but that was it was interesting because you're getting the perspectives of uh, well, two Americans from Ohio, and then um, our uh, half Canadian fellow there, uh, Oliver Rockslide, and uh, he he has an amazing knowledge of American politics. He's a very well informed gentleman. I don't know me because he doesn't drink too much, doesn't smoke pot. Maybe that's something to do with it. But anyway, uh, it was great to hear that. Um, so where were we? Ah, Gappage. 
the last time we recorded a gappage was at the Marshall McLuhan Podcaster Roundtable. And it was a live thing, and it was Brent and I got up front. We had just ingested some marijuana beforehand and just before. And I got completely sidetracked. I, I, I brought this up before because it's still a, a bit an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment because yeah, I think there were boos and hisses almost. I certainly picked up on that um, because I, I guess as I've done in the past, I sort of took it over and just wouldn't stop talking. But worse than that, then, of course, telling Ben how much I loved him, and that was, you know, that was okay, but, you know, it, it, it just, yeah, it wasn't done well. <laughs> and worse than that, I had something in my mind. I was thinking about a friend who had died, and this, and again, I, I know I'm repeating myself here, but hey, who remembers, who listens? Um, Glenn, dear friend Glenn, and I just, my mind went to what that family, the Wright family, did to us in Western Lachine. We're in Western Lachine. This is as waspy as you can get. Uh, middle class, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants in, you know, suburbia with proper families. Father had a job. Uh, you know. And this family moved in, and it was just a little unusual. And there was a tremendously exciting story about the father was sort of missing on account of work. And I, I don't want to go into the, the details of it. I, I, I tried then. But the mother, let's say there was a romantic story involved, a very romantic story that was pretty exciting for us and, and unusual story that did not have a happy ending, but, it, well, in the end, of course, everything worked out well. See, I'm doing the same thing now. I'm just struggling to tell this story, and I was then when I was high, and I, my head, you know, when you're high, your head has got all the pictures, all the pieces connected, but the words that come out of your mouth are sometimes just bits and pieces, like little bricks of, of parts of stories with no back, no backfill, no foundation to them, no no structure, and it didn't make any sense at all. And I, I really I was bothered because it was I was emotionally wrapped up in it. Like it, it had nothing to do with Brent and I. It was me remembering what Glenn and his sister Debbie, how they changed our lives, literally, really changed our lives. Brent, Brent, Glenn being the first gay friend to come out openly in Montreal when we were all young. And introduced us to that whole gay scene in Vancouver when we moved out there in the early 70s. And Debbie, of course, who was my uh, live-in partner for several years. So, anyway. Okay. So, I wanted to make a public apology. And I guess I've done it just here. I've, I've done it one more time in advance of... Uh, of uh, Marshall McLuhan Podcaster Roundtables, and I promise I will do my very best not to make such a mess of things this year and to let Brent talk if we decide we are going to do a gappage together, which, who knows. Okay, God, put that out of the way. Jesus, it, it was so awkward. All of it was so awkward, and I, and I don't know why. Well, I do know why, but I can't even get into all the details of why. Man. So... Here I am sitting in Sal, my road trek. It's uh, 5.42 on a Saturday afternoon, June 10th. I've spent the entire day on the back deck with um, our cat and the visiting cat, Simba, um, reading, finishing off the personal history of the Toronto Star. And it, it was a very interesting read. But, oh, my God. First of all, I mean, you, these people are like the Eaton family. These are very, very wealthy Toronto families, who live a very different life, and their children are going to live a very different life. They're born into privilege, and they're going to keep that privilege, and they're going to have money, and their their descendants for generations to come will have money. Uh, so there's not a lot of sympathy for them, but, but really what I realized is, oh, my God, their lives, like the, the person who actually wrote the book, the son of one of the 
owners or publishers, I should say. Uh, but of course, they had family shares in the Torstar. Um, they were not happy lives. The, the amount of stress, the amount of time, like a, you know, a, a, a broken marriage, no time with the children, dysfunction completely between the father and son, who were both publishers of the Toronto Star. Um, the father lived to be 86 and died of a stroke. Uh, the son died at 75, just shortly after finishing this book. I think it was his son who finally put the whole thing together. Uh, but miserable, the amount of stress and anger and frustration of, you know, continual board meetings and crisis after crisis. Man, not worth the money they got, you know. I mean, yeah, they were eating in nice places all the time. I mean, they had board meetings and getaways. They were always at fancy resorts. But, oh, my God, the price you paid for having wealth and power. And this is why, you know, from my last camping trip, when I talked about how just I, I had everything in this simple little road trek that I'm sitting in now and, well, a home that I'm parked at, which is pretty damn nice, uh, and a wife and family and no major crises or crises in, a, in our lives. Yeah, it's pretty damn, pretty damn wonderful. So anyway, that's out of the way of that book. I'm going to drop it off at the library tomorrow and see if I can find another one because this week I'll be going to Mossport on Friday. So I'm going to finish this before then. Um, I wanted to say, I mean, I think I recorded a little clip from the streets yesterday. But oh my God, I don't know if I mentioned the stink in the elevators in the TTC and in other places, on the platform even, where, I mean, basically homeless people are living in them. And, I, and I'm, I'm just, I mean, the crisis, I'm not blaming individuals. This is a terrible situation to be in. People need housing, need a place to stay. And the, the shelters are full. And there are people who will basically live on the subway system. And I would guess just, you know, the elevator, if nobody else is in it, it's as convenient a place as any just to take a piss because most of the subway stops don't have... Um, washrooms, uh, it, it, it was disgusting, the stink, and having to be in this enclosed space for this very slow ride, uh, and in both Pape and at um, uh, Kennedy Station, you had to take two subway, uh, two elevators, it was crazy that they wouldn't go to the, the floor or the platform you needed, you had to change, anyway, I managed, I got done, but it was not you know, and coming home, getting on the number nine Bellamy, first of all, I, I flagged the guy and he thought I had waved him on. And so he just drove right past the stop. Now, he was a nice guy. When I turned and looked and waved again, he stopped his bus uh, at the next intersection. I, I just had to walk fairly quickly with my stroller to, to catch and get on. I apologized to him. He apologized to me. We were fine. He said, next time, just stand there. Don't make any hand signals. <laughs> so, you know, rookie mistake. It was my first day. Um, so I managed, but it is, is not convenient. When you're on that thing and you're sitting up front in the seats reserved for handicapped or pregnant women or whatever, um, it's crowded. Everybody else just gets up in the front and stays there. And you know I've got to open up this double-wide stroller and get myself out of here safely. And I try it a couple of times, subway and the bus, to get up before the stop, as is my nature. I always do that. And you can't do it. You have to wait till it comes to a full stop. And then you're, okay, now I've got to get these people the fuck out of the way. So it's not, it's not fun. But... Um, you know, I mean, that's just an adaptation I'm going to have to make. My wife said, well, you could try it, but it's your cane. And I'm thinking, no, I don't think you realize I can't do things like that with just my cane. I will simply fall. So anyway, all right. What am I trying to get across here anyway? I don't know. I did have things to say. I just, well, I guess one of the things I noticed was the, the, the state of Toronto. It It is a lot more poverty there's a lot more mental health issues throughout. I mean, this is sitting in a, a, a nice Tim Hortons and having somebody scree in a screaming match with somebody else is not pleasant. And it's just, it's sad. And these are problems that aren't easily fixable. John and I had this conversation at the only. It, it just, it's tragic. It's so tragic. So, 
I'm not going to read any more about the Toronto Star. I guess there is, I'm going to read a little quote here. This is because Kennedy Station is the one I just used, and it's it's got a washroom you don't want to ever go near. It's got this awkward double elevator system. It's crowded for the buses, and people don't line up in an orderly fashion, that's for sure. But anyway, here's a news report from, uh, I guess, last week. Five boys have been arrested and charged following a stabbing at Kennedy Station Friday night, Toronto police say. Stabbing happened at the southbound subway platform at Kennedy Station during an altercation between six people, according to police. Officers were called to the station at 8.15 p.m. on arrival. Police found a man with two stab wounds. He was taken to a trauma center in life-threatening condition. So this is, like, amongst the public, with everybody there, suddenly there's a fight and knives come out. In the news released Saturday morning, police said five boys have been arrested. Well, good to the police for catching them. Uh, I mean, there's video everywhere, but and charged in connection with the stabbing. Police say a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, two 14-year-olds, and a 15-year-old were charged. None of their identities can identities can be released under the Youth Criminal Justice Act. They all face one count of aggravated assault, assault with a weapon, possession of a weapon, and disguise with intent. But. 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds. Now, of course, they're not going to do time. And, and, but what, what is the answer? Like, how do you fix this? Like, they shouldn't be walking around with knives getting into fights. There's something really broken here in Toronto. I mean, yesterday, that walk from Pape to Donlan's, the first time I ever thought, you know, maybe if I sold this house... Maybe I don't want to live in Toronto. Up until now, I've always thought, yeah, I just want to stay in Toronto. I love Toronto. I love Scarborough. I mean, this is my place. And, of course, looking out the windows where I live right now, what a wonderful, peaceful place. It's just full of trees and birds, and it's a quiet street, and there's a ravine, a park. This is this is paradise. This is wonderful. But, God, you get into the real world out there. So, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm sharing that because, uh <laughs> I don't know why. I, I guess you know it's just it's it's sad. How do we fix? How do we fix Canada? This promised land, this perfect place, this land with so much potential. You know, I guess maybe it does circle right back to the Atkinson principles. Okay, so I'm going to go full circle here. This is what was the foundation for the Toronto Star, the newspaper that started in the 1800s. And the owner, the, the person who set it up was somebody called Atkinson, and survivors, depend, de- descendants of him were on the board up until it was finally sold uh, just, you know, fairly recently. But he set up a bunch of principles, and the idea was whoever had ownership uh, and governing of the Toronto Star had to follow these principles it was based on. And they are um, a sturdy and self-reliant Canadianism. Okay. He was very alarmed, even back then, uh, about American ownership of Canadian industries and businesses. So sturdy and self-reliant Canadianism, public ownership of public utilities, and that's something where the uh, Ford or current governments need some reminding of, public ownership of public utilities, equal rights and full civil liberties for minorities, Town planning, that's an issue that's of concern today. The right for labor to organize and freedom of the individual from fear, want, and injustice. So that is from A Personal History of the Toronto Star by John Honderich. Honderich. Um, Yeah, it was a very interesting read, a little bit of Canadianism. So I'm going to stop there and... uh, Get back to you. So um, I hope to see some of you at uh, Marshall McLuhan Podcaster Roundtables this summer. Well, I, I think the the, the uh, that couple from Ohio will most likely be there, and of course um, Oliver. Uh, he shows up because that's where they have to stay. They stay with Oliver, so yeah, that's part of the deal. So yeah, and I think Brent and Brandy will be there. I hope they will be. I think he said he would be. 
So, uh, and of course, Anthony and uh, Dave and Isabel will probably come down for the art scene in Hamilton, as mentioned. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Scarborough Dude signing off from Sal. Um, yeah. Bye for now. Hang on. And I'm back. It is Monday. Where are we? Sometime in... Uh, oh, it's the 12th of uh, June. Gosh, the time just flies by, don't it? And um, I'm sitting in Sal. It's a rainy day. We had really heavy rains during the night. And foolishly, I left um, windows open on my road track. The windows weren't bad because they're, they're, they sort of slant... They lift from the bottom out just a little bit, about an inch. So nothing came in that way. But I, I left the vent on the roof open and um, came in to find my bed wet because that rain, it just comes in from all angles. The vent is up and, you know, it's just, it's cranked up. It's open. It's a, you know, a sort of a, a lift thing. So then, of course, you worry, oh, Last time I was in, they always want to get more business out of you. Whatever you're bringing it in for, in this case, maybe a dewinterizing, whatever they else. You know, they really need to do some caulking around your vents and so on. Because uh, it's only got a limited lifetime. And they say, no, 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 don't need that, don't need that. But I'm just kind of hoping that, yeah, no, the, the leak was only because of the vent being open. And yeah, that's the only place it leaks. So yeah, okay, that's it. All right, Ken, don't worry about that. No, 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 you don't need any caulking done yet. I did need a little bit of uh, cleaning up and getting things ready. I've got a little charger that I use that I can charge my phones on when I'm not plugged in. You know, like when I go to um, uh, Mossport and there's no electrical. So... There were things to do, and that's why I'm here now doing them. Jesus, come on, come on, boy, get on with it. Okay, so kind of mixed feelings today. I, I'm very self-conscious sometimes when I, like when I was camping and I got high, and it sounds an awful lot like I'm bragging, look at me, look what I got, I got everything, I'm happy, ha <laughs> ha. And I know I've brought this up before, but it's... It's not to you, it's to me. I'm telling myself, Ken, you know, because I have beat up on myself a lot in my past. And I think I've grown up being very insecure. Um, again, I sort of blame, point the finger at some of the British heritage of just, you know, and, and maybe even the system of ranking people. Like I've been accused of that. No, you, you, you know, maybe you hold doctors, you know, too highly. And I'm beginning to learn, hey, wait a minute, that knee surgeon who, uh, you know, yeah, no. And then this guy that I got sucked in when I got to go for the eye for my, um, you know, cataracts. And I was going to refuse to pay anything. And then this guy, I left thinking, thanking him, you know, in awe of how good he was at his sales job, basically. And so that's kept me up. Like, I, I woke up at 5 and I'm thinking, geez, what am I going to do about my eyes? Like, you know, this business I've talked about, yeah, you can have it for free. Yeah, no problem. Good. It's good. But you really want to see really well and see at night and see colors vividly. You know, I'd suggest you get these special lenses. They cost a little more, like $500 each. But you'll really, it's an, it's an amazing difference. You'll really like those. Uh, but if we're going to have those, then, you know, we got to measure your eye properly, and that's going to be that's far better if we do it using the laser, and that'll be $150 each eye. So there you go. We've, I've talked about this, but it it's eating at me. Because how can you not spend money for better eyesight? How can you not do that when it's supposed to be free? But, yeah, it is free if you just want the regular, which is good. No problem. It's good. You know, get rid of the cataracts. Yeah, you'll be fine. But, and, and it's it's driving me nuts. It's driving me nuts. And it's because I'm going to have to borrow money. I'm going to have to use my line of credit on the house to pay the 
fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars, whatever it's going to be, and then plus a new prescription for glasses because now it's going to be all different. And it's just it's eating at me. It's bothering me. It's bugging me. Now that's not your concern, but it's it's this business of this provincial government and other provincial governments like the ones in Alberta and wherever they're being voted in by conservative folk who are tired of woke mentalities and leftists and communists and liberals and Trudeaus, you know. No, we're going to go back the old-fashioned ways, you know. Pay for it yourself if you want it. <sighs> okay, let's park that too. Um, I did follow through I and... and went to the library and got a new book. I know I'm stumbling today. I'm, I'm just, I'm not comfortable, okay? I'm not comfortable. Went to the library. Go to the new section. This is what I've told you I do every time, and it never fails. And I picked up a book called The Wager, subtitle A Tale of Shipwreck, Mutiny, and Murder by David Grant. Now, David Grant has written about Sherlock Holmes, and I guess he does a lot of history books, and it, it seems this is based on a on true events, but he's managed to do a whole lot of research and, and pull together a story. And it's fantastic. It's set 200 years ago. So the 1720s. Um, and it's just describing what it's like to working on a ship, sail-powered ships, uh, before they had accurate charts for doing... They could do latitude, but they couldn't do longitude properly. So they very often weren't sure. And they were trying to go... Uh, this is the time of the, uh, the Britain and Spain at war at the seas, and Spain is Spain and Portugal have taken over all of South America, and England wants to get its share and maybe just raid some uh, some Spanish galleons and take their silver and so on that they've melted down from priceless treasures. Oh my God! But it's it's just it's so fascinating going back in the history of reading, imagining what it's like, and. and you read and you get pictures. Now I've learned, noticed I can't do two things at once. I cannot have the sound on the television, or be thinking about something in my mind, like the cost of uh, getting this cataracts removed, and read at the same time. And it has to. I have to fully concentrate on just the written word. And when I do, I get these pictures. I'm seeing things, and it's wonderful. And it saddens me so much. That I think there's a whole generation coming up or is already here who doesn't like reading. They want to be told, they want the shortened version, but to sit through a 300-page novel on British, you know, naval history. No, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I want to watch this. I want to see these, you know, things on... uh, you know, flip-flop or whatever it is, tip-tap, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so I'm just going to share something with you from there because um, (laughs) I have to. I have to to end this podcast in a positive note and start fresh when I get to Bossport, but uh, here we are. So here's a quote. During the age of sail, when wind-powered vessels were the only bridge across the vast oceans, nautical language was so pervasive that it was adopted by those on terra firma. To tow the line derives from when boys on a ship were forced to stand still for inspection with their toes on the deck seam. To pipe down was a boatswain's boatswain's whistle for everyone to be quiet at night, and piping hot was his call for meals. A scuttlebutt was a water cask around which the seamen gossiped while waiting for their rations. A ship was three sheets to the wind when the lines to the sails broke and the vessel pitched drunkenly out of control. I love that one. To turn a blind eye became a popular expression after Vice Admiral Nelson deliberately placed his telescope against his blind eye to ignore his superior's signal flag to retreat. Now, isn't that a beauty? That is fine. All right. So one more quote, um, which I, again, I guess through Instagram, wherever they show up, and I share some of them with people, uh, especially uh, Zen quotes. Um, But this one... 
surfaces and resurfaces many, many times, and you all know it. You've all heard it before by William Blake. But when you read it, and again, this is going back in history. When was Blake? The 1800s, of course. Uh, Victoria's era or before? Shame on me, not knowing. But anyway, um, the, the man who inspired uh, Allen Ginsberg. Um, but how Zen-like it is in its simplicity and how, how it fits perfectly, and no wonder it's been picked up repeatedly. To see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wild flower hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. Now, that is what it's all about, folks. That is stopping time. That is meditating. That is entering the moment. That's exactly what that's about. And how he knew that, how the poets knew it and tried to share it with the duller ones amongst us. Um, and that's going to take me to another topic. These are, these are notes, by the way. I'm doing notes. Time spent with a cat. Now, the wonderful thing, I, I just so dearly love my cat, Yuki, a.k.a. Shiro-chan. Uh, we've had her eight years now, so she's about nine. Uh, she's sleeping on my bed right now. The time you spend with a cat, if you're a cat person, and I know a lot of cat people and people who will get this, and some of you won't, and that's fine. If you like dogs, that's great. Go jogging with your dog. That's fine. I love dogs too. Pat their snout, you know, and uh, say who's a good boy. That's all good. There's nothing against dogs. I'm just a cat person, uh, which means I can love dogs. You know, some dogs are harder to love. But anyway, that aside, but cats, cats, cats. Cats brings you into the present moment because they are so much in the present. When they're purring, they are just eating up the present feeling, the comfort, the just whatever it is that's happening inside that little brain, they're just in it, loving it, feeling it, sharing it, expressing it through purring. I mean, you pat a cat, when you just sort of put your hand and maybe just hold and feel their warmth or the softness of their fur, or you look into their eye, or you just admire their long whiskers, or their ears, and the light shines through, and they're all pink, and you look at that little nose, it's so cute, and those beautiful, beautiful eyes, and that swishy tail when Yuki gets angry and annoyed, telling you, hey, and the wonderful thing about our, our cat is Yuki, like any good cat, she's bossy, and she will attack you when she wants. If I'm heading upstairs, but she says, no, no, I want you back in the kitchen because my bowl is empty, and I want a refill on the wet food, please, she'll just go. She'll run and attack your ankles like scratch, 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 hitting you with, with claws out, will literally hit you and attack you. Just to say, hey, and it works. Of course, I immediately turn around. Oh, I'm sorry. You're hungry? Okay. Back into the kitchen I go. And she'll just follow ahead and make sure I'm I'm following her. I mean, she'll lead and make sure I'm behind. Uh, and that is just amazing. And it's just quite wonderful. And we have a routine when I'm sitting watching TV and she decides she needs some love and some warmth. She'll just come to the side of the chair and look up at me. And I reach into a little glass I have beside the, uh, on a table beside my chair, and it's got the comb. And I hold up the comb like a little pendant or a flag, and she knows that's the signal. Okay, now we'll jump. And she jumps up, lands on my lap, finds a position she wants, facing forward, stretched out, curled up, holding my arm down, whatever one she decides is her position for that time. That's what she assumes and takes. And then we just sit there and... And slow down time and enter that moment and feel that love and a mutual love and a shared affection and understanding. It's just such a beautiful thing. So there you go. Our time is up. I'm ending on a slightly better note. I was a little worried about my uh, road track thinking, oh my God, is there a leak? But it wasn't. It was me with the vent open full right over my bed. So uh, I've got a sheet out or one of the blankets out to dry now. And uh, 
I'll get this thing ready and uh, later this week buy some food for uh, what I'm going to eat when I'm at Mossport. And um, get back to you then. So the next time you hear from me, there'll be the roaring of cars in the background. Scarborough Dude! Signing out from Dixon Jeans Podcast number 950. Ooh, yeah. Take care and uh, be good to yourself. And thank you if you are a regular listener. Oh, my God, do I owe you a big thanks. Take care. Bye. For now, let's get the, let's get the, let's get the bell. Yep.